princess. Now I will boast in the Lord, for He is my pride. I am now prided. It's okay, it's Some okay, boots okay. they are dressed in chariots and others in horses.
Hi everyone, good morning. My name is Pastor Daniel, the lead pastor of Rave City Church and I'm so excited to be here once again with God's great people. It's always a humble privilege to bring God's word to everyone out there and I cannot, uh, I'm not unmindful of the fact that you guys are giving me your time, you're giving me your resources to listen to me every Sunday morning and I'm so excited that um, God has once again brought us together via this online platform to share his word together. Today's sermon is extraordinary. It's a teaching sermon. I'll be teaching a whole lot so get your judges get your pen get your bible close to you um, get your breakfast your tea and coffee because today's sermon is off the hook yes we're going to be having lovely deep insight on what it means that we share in christ's um, glory but before i commence today's sermon i'll be right back after this throwback for those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far you think we've gotten too radical with our message well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to Blu-ray. <laughs> you better put them hands together and act like you know if you're here. Keep it.
Stamp. <laughs> that was a beautiful throwback. For those of you who were born in the year 2000, you will know that Stamp was a beautiful song that transformed the entire gospel space. It brought about new tunes, new vibes, new flows, and a whole lot of us growing up in our teenage days fell in love with that new um, um, jive that was brought into the gospel industry. And I cannot but continually thank Craig Franklin for that amazing transformation through the New Nation project that he did sometime in 1999 or 2000. Uh, 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 yeah, 1999. It's about 20 years. Wow, 20 years. <laughs> 20 years ago. Wow, how time flies. But thank God that we are all product of that beautiful um, song. So for those of you who have enjoyed that throwback, because next week Sunday I have another beautiful throwback that will bring back all those beautiful memories that you had growing up as a young um, teenage Christian. So today's sermon is titled Thrive. Um, when we talk about Thrive, a whole lot of people think we're talking about success, you know, have material assets, you know, have financial blessings. That in itself is good, but not uh, is good. But in the context of today's teaching, it has a different meaning entirely. And I'm going to be explaining what that actually means through um, God's word. But before I step into um, definite teaching today, I want to explain what Thrive means from the Oxford Dictionary. What Thrive simply means, it simply talks about you flourishing, prospering, growing vigorously, blossoming, um, doing well, advancing, stride, making good stride or succeed. That's what Thrive means based on the literal um, definition. But if we go to the to the Greek word or to the scriptures, the Greek word for the word thrive here is the word rehoma. It's spelled R-H-O-O-M-A-I. Romai, Romai. That's what the Greek word says. And it means to move with speed. It means to move with speed. It means to attain a certain speed. It means to to to, to drive and, and move with speed. That's what it actually means. Also, so that's just to give us like a, a contextual background um, interpretation on what we are about to teach in full today. So get your Bibles ready, get your pen, get your jotters ready because we are going deeper into today's teaching. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. I start from the book of Haggai. I start my reading from the book of Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. And it reads, the glory of the latter temple or house shall be greater than the former says the lord of hosts and in this place i will give peace says the lord of hosts i read that again the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former says the lord of hosts and in this place i will give peace says the Lord of hosts. Now, something very interesting in this verse here. It's a very popular scripture. And I won't deny the fact that a whole lot of you know or probably have read the scripture of the glory of the latter will be greater than the former. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Than the former. Many of us have had this um, 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 insight or um, understanding on this um, um, scripture. But today we're going to take it a little bit deeper and understand what it actually means in relation to a believer's life in the 21st century. A believer's life 2,000 years after Jesus died. So there are, very, there are some key contextual words here that I wanted to note. It talks about the glory of the latter temple. Two key words. Glory, latter, and temple. Rather, three key, three key, key words rather. It speaks of glory. It speaks of the latter and a temple. And the next part says that it shall be greater. That's another key word. Another word there is the the glory of the former temple so we have the the word glory we have the word latter uh, we have the word temple we have the word greater we have the word glory and former and temple all those words put together in in three different groups we're going to explain them gradually now we all know what the word glory means the word glory talks about god's presence talks about god's uh, it talks about the, the dogs here it talks about god's uh, presence god ambience we all know what that means but in the context of temple what does temple mean now literally we all know that temple means abode according to the scriptures we know that temple means a place of worship a place of prayer so when um, the Israelites went to the temple they went there to pray or offer sacrifices or worship as the case may be 
so the reference temple speaks of the tabernacling presence of God's uh, the tabernacling presence of the divine upon a place of worship so the place of worship God's presence tabernacles on it and that speaks of the glory of the temple the glory of the house God's uh, presence uh, um, 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 in a particular building as the case may be or tent as the case may be in the Old Testament now the divine presence upon the temple um, speaks about God's uh, speaks about the presence of the ark of the covenant in a particular building now we all know that the ark of the covenant conveys God's presence anywhere the ark of the covenant is God's presence is there so wherever you place the ark of the covenant literally that place becomes a temple that place becomes a place of worship that place becomes a place that is covered with God's glory now I'm going somewhere so follow me steadily follow me step by step I said I was going to be teaching uh, um, today I will preach at the end but I want to do a whole lot of teaching to to give you guys some um, basic contextual understanding on what I'm about to, to, to preach here uh, um, today. So we know that wherever the Ark of the Covenant is, um, God's presence is there. And we also know that the Ark of the Covenant represents a sign of righteousness. The Ark of the Covenant is a, 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 an article that represents God's righteousness, as the case may be. So wherever the covenant, wherever the Ark of Covenant is, that place is literally sanctified as a righteous place, as a holy place, as a sanctified uh, uh, place and we can see that in the book of revelations chapter 11 verse 19 the book of revelations chapter 11 verse 19 it says then the temple of god was opened in heaven and the ark of the covenant was seen in the temple and there was lightning and noises and thunderings and quakes and great hail not what he says he said the temple of god was opened in the heavens and the ark of the covenant was seen in the temple so there is a corresponding uh, 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 there's a corresponding uh, 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 insight or there's a corresponding uh, revelation between the presence of God's glory in the temple and the Ark of the Covenant in the temple. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant is, God's presence is there. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant is, God's presence is there. So we can see here that the Bible says that the temple was open in heaven and in there they could see the Ark of the Covenant. Right, moving on. So let's go back to the book of Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 and read it contextually now i've done a little bit of explanation but let's go back to the book of a guy so we can read it contextually and glean some deep insight it says the glory of the latter house so the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former so now we have a clear understanding of what temple means of what the glory of the temple means it simply speaks about the abode of god's presence where god dwells that's what it speaks about so when we talk about the glory of the latter house we are speaking about the abode where god dwells so let's look at let's read it based on the contextual definition we can actually read that verse Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 we can read that verse this way that the glory of the latter abode where God dwells shall be greater than the glory of the former abode where God dwells I read that again you can read it this way if we alter the word house with abode where God dwells read that again Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 it's the original context reads the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former right but now let's switch the word house with the word abode because we know that the glory of the house talks about the glory of the temple talks about where god dwells where god stays where god resides a place of righteousness so if we alter that word and read it in this context you can have a more clearer picture so let's read it this way it says the glory of the latter abode where god dwells shall be greater than the glory of the former abode where god dwells 
So this is the, 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 the temple in context, both the former and the latter, speaks of a place that God lives in. Speaks of a place that God dwells. Okay, is that clear? Now, I want to follow me step by step. If you jump the curve or think too far, you will miss the point. I want to take me step by step to where we are actually heading towards. Now, we know that in the Old Testament, King Solomon built the temple. King Solomon built uh, the major temple, like the first temple for God. Now, Solomon's name was called the, the Peaceful One. We know that King Solomon built a temple for God. And that temple was built with hands. But there is something very interesting here. Before I jump go into that, into that interesting part, I want to read the book of First Kings chapter 9, verse 1 to 3 where we can have a clear picture that King Solomon actually built the temple. So you wouldn't say, I just said it, you know. And it says so. It says, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, the, king, the, the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon desired what he had wanted. Verse 2, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon the second part time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And verse 3, it says, And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayers and your supplication that you have made before me, and I have consecrated this house which you have built in in my name there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually not what god says my eyes and my heart shall be there not my presence my eyes and my heart shall be there not my full self they are heading somewhere now there's something very interesting to look at we all know that god does not dwell in temples built with hands we all know that right how do we know this there is a significant importance for us to understand the context of temple where God dwells or abode where God dwells with reference to God's contextual meaning, not our own contextual meaning. You see, as believers, we ought to learn how to understand God from God's perspective, not from our own perspective. The reason why we have a, a whole lot of clustered revelation and clustered doctrinal beliefs is because many people are trying to understand God from their perspective instead of God's perspective. For instance, if God says, if the Bible says, God is love. We ought to understand what that means from God's perspective with regards to the context of love, not from the humanistic perspective with regards to the context of love. So if God says God is love, the love God is talking about there is different from the human love. It's different from our earthly love. It's different from our earthly experience with regards to love. So as believers, we need to understand scriptural interpretation from God's perspective. That is why doctrinal definition or, 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 or interpretation is very important. Root meaning of key words are very important when you are studying God's word. Is that clear? Now coming back to today's teaching, we all know that God doesn't dwell in temples built with hands. And we can see that um, in the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts, the book of Acts chapter 17 i will start my reading from verse 24 acts 17 verse 24 it said the god who made the world and all the things in it since he is lord of the heavens and the earth does not dwell in temples made with hands nor is he worshipped with man nor is he worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything since he gave to all life breath and all things i want to read that again Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and 25. You can read through the timeline. My team my team will ensure that the scriptural verse I read, I post it on the comments section so you cannot uh, miss any point that I'm trying to drive out um, this morning. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and tw 25. It says, the, the God who made the world and all the things in it, since they said the God who made the world and all the things in it, since he is the Lord of the heavens and the earth, does not dwell in temples made of hands, nor is he worshipped with man's hand, 
as though he needed anything since he gives all life and breath and all things so we can see here that god does not dwell in temple made of hands literally meaning that god does not god did god does not dwell in in temples built by men so the temple that solomon built god didn't dwell in that temple and you can see from the verse that we read earlier when god told solomon that my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually meaning that i would i would have a view of the temple but that's not where i dwell that's not where i live i love the fact that you built me a beautiful temple but i do not live in temples but my eyes and my heart will be there so god appreciated solomon's effort but that's not where god dwells God loved Solomon's effort in building a house. God appreciated the fact that Solomon built him a, a magnificent house. But God says, I, I don't live there, man. <laughs> but my heart and eyes will be there. Trust me, it's going to be there. Okay, so now that we know this, that God doesn't dwell in temple built by hands. Okay, it's important too that we get um, some, some clear premise of what it means that the glory of the latter temple or the glory of the former uh, latter temple shall be greater than the glory of the former temple because we know that temple is where God dwells now we now hear that God doesn't dwell in place made by hands and to further emphasize this verse or this particular premise let's go to the book of Acts chapter 7 verse 48 quick quick read Acts chapter 7 verse 48 a very quick read I read from verse 48 it says however the most high does not dwell in temples made with hands as the prophet says the heaven is a throne and the earth is his footstool what house will he build for me says the Lord or what is the place of my rest verse 50 has my hand not made all these things now the first that was being referenced here was Isaiah chapter 66 that is the word of prophet isaiah so we can see that even in the old testament god made it clear that he does not dwell in buildings god made it clear that he does not dwell in a temple or in houses built by human hands he made it utterly clear even in the old testament we all know that in the old testament they had a tent they had a tent of testimony they had the the, the, the tabernacles that were built by moses by solomon and a whole lot of those stuffs but god made it clear even in the old testament that he does not dwell in such places so we need to have the contextual understanding the contextual meaning so we can really have a clear picture of what god really wants us to understand and if you read isaiah 66 verse 1 all the way to 2 i think you will get the entire picture of what god said about the fact that he does not dwell in temples built by hand all right so let's now go back to the book of um, first kings chapter 8 verse 27 is it but will god dwell uh, but, but but will god indeed dwell on earth behold the heavens cannot contain you how much less the temple i have built so you can see here that even David was even making the, the reference here that even the temples that are built cannot contain you. It cannot contain God. So we have seen from scriptures to scriptures that God does not dwell in temple built by hand. Now watch this. The glory of the latter temple and the glory of the former temple had no reference of a building. Had no reference of a structural edifice because God doesn't dwell there and if you talk about the glory if we talk about the temple if we say the temple if the Bible says uh, the latter temple shall be greater than the former temple then we can ask we can conclude that 
the scripture is referencing a building or a place a structural building but the bible categorically emphasized the glory of the latter building or the latter temple the glory what's the word glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the glory of the former glory makes it gives it a different meaning entirely the glory there makes it clear that it is where God abides it is where God lives and we have seen here that God does not live in structural buildings so where are we heading to let's move on now we know now we can have a premise that the latter temple was uh, the, the former temple was built by Solomon we just read that earlier right now let's move to the other part the latter temple now we all know that the latter temple was built by Jesus Solomon was a representation of what the former temple looked like or what the former temple or, or the, the context of the former temple being built by a human hand. But Jesus represents the context of the latter temple because Jesus himself is the builder of the latter temple. And we can see that clearly here because Jesus himself is the bringer of peace. Solomon is called the peaceful. The peaceful one builds the former temple. But the bringer of peace, the prince of peace himself built the latter temple. And we can see this from the book of John chapter 2 John chapter 2 let's go there quickly book of John chapter 2 and I'll start my reading from verse 18 it said so the Jews answered him and said to him what sign do you show us since you do these things and verse 19 Jesus answered and said to them destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up verse 20 then the Jews said to him it, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days but guess what verse 21 but he was speaking of the temple of his body <laughs> he was speaking of the temple of his body the Jews thought that Jesus was referencing a temple built by man but no Jesus was referencing a temple built by God himself and that is the body the human being that is a temple called the human being ladies and gentlemen the temple the former temple and the latter temple in contextual definition represent the place where God lives and that place where God lives speaks of the human body hallelujah glory to God this is beautiful we saw from the verses that were read that God doesn't dwell in buildings God dwells in human body so even the Old Testament that we are talking about here God does not dwell in buildings God dwelled in bodies under the Old Testament covenant because the scripture says from the book of Agai chapter 1 it says the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former the former speaks of the Old Testament glory in the temple the latter speaks of the New Testament glory in the temple so we can see here clearly well that even in the Old Testament God did not dwell in buildings like God told Solomon my eyes and my heart will be there but God's real dwelling place is in human beings that is where God dwells both in the Old Testament and the New Testament <laughs> so right now contextually we can read the book of Agai chapter 2 verse 9 this way the book of Agai chapter 2 verse 9 we can read the book of Agai chapter 2 verse 9 contextually this way the glory of the latter temple the indwelling of God in man in human bodies under the Old Testament right now, oh sorry uh, 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 I, I missed the point 
the glory of the latter temple which speaks of the indwelling of God in the New Testament shall be greater than the former the than the former glory of the indwelling of God in human bodies under the Old Testament you didn't get that let me explain it to you not where we are coming from the explanation of the word temple the temple is a place the glory of the temple talks about a place that God dwells right now good now we have reading we have read from the scriptures that God does not dwell in temples built by hands talking about structural edifice structural building right now that's clear now we can see Jesus here in the book of John chapter 2 verse um, 20 and 21 I think explaining to the fact or to the premise that the temple he is referring to speaks of his body the human body the Bible says that your te- the body is a temple of the Holy Ghost the human body so now when we bring all these premises together we can conclude that the book of Agai chapter 2 verse 9 reads this way the glory of the latter temple which speaks of the indwelling of God under the under the New Testament covenant shall be greater than the glory of the former temple which speaks of God's indwelling in the Old Testament in, in, which, which speaks of God's dwelling in human body under the Old Testament I'm going somewhere I'm not yet there I'm going somewhere follow me step by step I'm going somewhere now watch this the glory of the latter temple speaks of the indwelling of God in human beings in the New Testament. The glory of the former temple speaks of God's indwelling in men of the Old Testament. Now let me give you some key examples. Abraham, Genesis 21, the Bible says that at old age, Abraham conceived and bore a son named Isaac. Glory of the former temple. <laughs> Abraham was a custodian of God's grace. Abraham was a custodian of God's righteousness. In him, God's righteousness abound. Abraham was a typical example of what it means that the glory of the former, the glory of the former, Abraham's life was an example of the glory of the former. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 21 that in, in his old age, Abraham had a child. Another phenomenal person is Moses. The book of Exodus 13 verse 17, we are told that Moses miraculously led three million Israelites out of slavery. Glory of the former temple. Glory of the former abode of God's presence. The manifestation of God in the Old Testament. Through Moses, we can see the beauty, the astonishing glory that God used a man who could not even speak well to lead three million people out of slavery. Another beautiful example was Moses in the book of Exodus 16 verse 14. The Bible speaks about the fact that manna came from heaven. Glory of the latter, of the former, sorry. Glory of the former. Now I'm giving you examples of the glories different glories manifestation of God's glories in the former abode of in the former expression of God's presence in humanity I'm giving you the examples all these are glory of the former another beautiful one is Joshua in the book of Joshua chapter 6 verse um, um, 6 to 20 there about I think Bible says that God brought down the wall of Jericho another supernatural manifestation another expression of the glory of the former the manifestation of God's glory of the former reign 
Hallelujah. I'm giving you an example. Another beautiful example is Elijah in the book of First Kings 17. The Bible says that Elijah supernaturally provided meal for the widow of Zarephath. Another expression of the glory of the former. Another expression in Second Kings 117 down the verse where, where the widow's son was raised to death. The widow of Zarephath, her son, was raised from the dead. Another manifestation. Another manifestation of the glory of the former. <laughs> glory to God another beautiful one second Kings 4 uh, Bible speaking that in that particular verse Elijah multiplied the oil of the woman told the woman to get jazz and put the oil and miraculously it was multiplied second Kings 13 speaks of Elijah's bone that revived the dead glory of the former temple glory of the former expression of God's of God's presence in the lives of believers in the Old Testament that's what he talks about the glory of the former the glory of the former we have diverse miracles in the old testament diverse miracles that god wrought through great men of god in the old testament preachers of the gospel in the old testament men who conveyed the tabernacling presence of the holy spirit in the old testament another beautiful person is daniel we know that Daniel the lion's den, daniel chapter 6 god delivered daniel from the lion's den another glory another glory of the former temple another glory of the former glorious expression of god's presence through man we heard of the story of shadrach meshach and meshach and abednego another beautiful expression oh there is a fourth man in the fire we know that song that hill song saying the hill song produced some time ago there is another in the fire that is part of the glory of the former that is part of the glory of the former now look at all these beautiful glories all this manifestation of god's power in the old testament all this beautiful manifestation another beautiful one is Jonah the Bible says that Jonah was in the well of the belly for three good days another supernatural manifestation for those of you who don't know the exact spot where the the fish took Jonah it has been researched that no whale can survive in that ocean as a matter of fact whale had never lived in that ocean that is the first premise the second premise is that the stomach of a whale cannot even cannot even hold a full human being so it literally means that at that particular spot in Jonah chapter 2, God created a special miraculous whale that swallowed Jonah and kept him safe for three days. Ain't that God's glorious manifestation? And all these things are in the Old Testament. The glory of the former. The glory of the former. I'm heading somewhere, guys. I'm heading somewhere. I'm heading somewhere. Watch this. Judges chapter 14 verse 6. It speaks of when the glory of the of God descended upon David. Uh, upon Samson, rather. And Samson tore a lion with his bare hand. Glory of the former. Glory of the former. Samson tore a lion with his bare hand. I'm giving you all the various expressions of the glory of the former. From when God could provide food, the providential glory that provided food, the, 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 the strengthening glory that gave strength to Samson, the glory of wisdom that made Abraham, that made Moses had the capacity to, to, to lead the Israel out of to lead the Israelite out of Egypt. I'm talking about various expressions. Various expressions. The resurrecting power of God's glory in the Old Testament that raised the dead son of the widow. Those are various expressions all in the Old Testament. All in the Old Testament. Another phenomenal person, King David, amazing king. He's one of the greatest guys that, that fulfilled the, the, the mightiest expressions of God's glory. David killed a lion. He killed a bear. He killed Goliath. Supernatural manifestation of God's glory in the Old Testament. Now watch this. 
The Bible says all these beautiful, lovely, juicy, mouth-watering, our moment glories that we've read in the Old Testament are glories of the former. Woo! Come on, guys. It called, God called them glories of the former. Watch this, friend. God said they are glories of the former. You don't get this. I'm talking about the time when someone's born raised the dead in the Old Testament. God called that glory of the former. I'm talking about when David killed Goliath. God called that glory of the former. I'm talking about when 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 Elijah grew his waist and ran after Ahab and met Ahab's chariot. God called that glory of the former. You don't get what I'm talking about here, guys. God called that glory of the former. I'm talking about a time when Isaac sowed in the land and God gave him supernatural increase. God calls that glory of the former. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on, guys. All those beautiful testimonies when the Spirit of God descended upon Samson and Samson pulled down a whole building. God said that is glory of the former. And the Bible now says that the glory of the latter of the present day shall be greater than the former whoa come on guys this is beautiful if this does not get you excited as a christian i don't know what will this is beautiful every believer has the capacity to thrive supernaturally because the glory that we are in is greater than the glory that samson was when he received strength the glory that we are in is greater than the glory moses had when he led the israelite heart out of israel the glory that we are in is greater than the glory that was upon joshua when the walls of jericho fell down flat the glory that we have is greater greater than the glory David had when he killed the lion, killed the bear, and brought down Goliath. The glory we have is greater than all those glories. <laughs> oh, this is just so exciting. I feel bubbly in my spirit. I feel bubbly in my spirit. I feel bubbly in my spirit because I am in the glory of the latter that is greater than the former. Praise God. Praise Jesus. The glory of the latter shall be greater than the former. And we are the generations, the custodians of the glory of the latter. Wherever you are now, just speak in tongues and worship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Am I there? Am I there? I'm, I'm there already, but I'm going to somewhere more juicier. Somewhere more juicier. Now let's go to this particular verse quickly. 1st John chapter 4 verse 4 now how does this glory manifest 1st John chapter 4 verse 4 it says but you belong to God my dear children and you have already won a victory over those people because the spirit in you the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world you have overcome you have attained victory because the spirit in you this speaks about the holy spirit the spirit in you is greater than the spirit in the world so we can see that the enabling factor for the various manifestations of god's glory in the old testament the enabling factor was the holy spirit but the difference between the old testament and or rather the difference between the old testament manifest and new testament manifest is that in the old testament the spirit of god does not dwell in man Ooh. the spirit of god tabernacles on them 
The Spirit of God comes on them. And when the job is done, the Spirit of God departs. The Spirit of God comes on them to perform the supernatural things. And when the Spirit of God is done, it departs. That was how it was in the Old Testament. Oh, but we are in <laughs> a different covenant. We are under the new covenant where the Spirit of God does not just tabernacle on us. The Spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit of God lives in us. Now watch this. In the Old Testament, they did not have the gift of the incarnate. All they had was the message of the incarnate. The foretelling of the pre-incarnation of Christ. The foretelling of the incarnated son that's all they had but in this covenant we know the incarnated son we have seen the incarnated son we believe in the incarnated son who walked on this earth his name is jesus the old testament they told them jesus was coming in the new testament jesus has come <laughs> and we are full in the presence of god's glorious glory in the new testament the glory of the former which we belong to is greater than the glory of the latter. Now watch this. If Elisha's bones raised the dead by just the tabernacle of the spirit. If Moses struck the rock and water came out by just the tabernacle of the spirit. If David killed a bear and killed a lion and killed Goliath by just the tabernacle of the spirit. How much more you? Whose God's spirit dwells in. Woo! The spirit of God is in you. The spirit of God that caused the various manifestations that we read earlier in the Old Testament dwells in you. Come on friends. You are greater than what you think you are. You are supernaturally greater than who you think you are. The spirit of God does not go on excursion in you. The spirit of God dwells in you. The spirit of God does not go on break in you. The spirit of God is constantly in you. He is there in you. How much more wonders shall you perform? As Christians in this generation, we have no excuse. Because the Bible has said that our glory is greater than the former glory. And how do we know this? Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 Paul speaking here it says I now rejoice in my sufferings and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affection of Christ for the sake of the body which is the church verse 27 of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God now what Paul was speaking here was talking about the the the, the, the mission that God gave him to carry the gospel selflessly to the Gentiles next verse verse 26 it says it says verse 26 it says the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generation what mystery we're gonna get there the mystery which has been hidden the latter the former glory which was hidden all those miracles that we read about in the Old Testament were under the hidden glory Hi, we're under the hidden mysteries. All those miracles in the Old Testament, all we're under the hidden mysteries. Come on, friends. Libros. They were under hidden manifest manifestation of God's glory. Hidden. Verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation but now has been revealed to his saints but these mysteries 
has been revealed these hidden mysteries has been revealed these hidden mysteries of the old testament glory the glory of the former has been revealed to the generation who, who are the custodians of the glory of the latter the mysteries has been revealed to them to them god willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of the mysteries among the gentiles which is christ jesus in you the hope of glory let me explain that what that means to you to them god willed to know the riches of his glory and mysteries among the gentiles which is christ in you what does that mean let's pick the first part it says to them whom god willed this speaks about the mysteries of god's will this speaks about the predestination of god's love to every human the predestination of God's love was not in John 3.16. The predestination of God's love was in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and what was God. The next verse, there was nothing that was made from the word that was not made through the word. The predestination of God's love towards mankind was revealed at this point. Next part. Move on quickly. The next part. Verse 27. Again. It reads to them whom God willed the glory of his love, the predestination of his love, that we may know the riches of his glorious mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, how do we understand this verse? Quickly, let's run to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. The book of Ephesians chapter 3. And I'll start my reading from verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. From whom the whole family, the whole family, one house in heaven and on earth is named. The whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Verse 16. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory what is that riches of his glory that our mortal body the temple of god where god dwells in the latter glory the temple where god abides in the latter glory shall be strengthened with might through the holy spirit that is the glory the same way god's strength came into samson and he brought down a building the same way david had the strength to kill a bear and a lion the same strengthening the same inner strengthening that the holy spirit gave them the bible says this is the hope of the glory the union in christ in christ jesus your union as a believer in christ jesus will create promptings of the holy spirit that will build the same strengthening in you glory to god the same strengthening the abiding presence of god in your life through the holy spirit strengthens you to do greater manifestation than the old testament patriarchs so don't get too excited when you read of the wonders of the old testament many of you have this ah moment when you hear that elijah's bones raised the dead Many of you have this wow, oh my goodness, how can that happen? Many of you have a wow experience when you hear that manna fell from heavens. Many of you have the wow experience when you hear that Moses part the Red Sea. That should not get you so super excited. Because the glory which you have read about in the Old Testament, the Bible says that the glory you are in now is greater than that glory. Come on, scream hallelujah wherever you are. Scream glory to Jesus wherever you are. 
The glory you are in now is greater than the glory of the former. The expressions of the glory that you are in now is the fulfillment of God's glorious expectation. The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory, the expectation, the fullness of glory. You don't know who you, what you have. You are greater than who you think you are. It is not by your power, nor your strength, nor your look, nor how you sound, nor how you speak, nor how you dress, or whatever it is that you do. It's by the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Because it's that same Holy Spirit that tabernacled on every single person that wrought great wonders in the Old Testament. And that Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you full time. The Spirit of God does not move in and out of your body. The Spirit of God dwells in you full time. Now who says you can't heal yourself of sickness? Who says you can't heal yourself of migraine? Who says you can't heal yourself of pain? Who says you can't get that job? Who says you can't live a glorious life in Christ Jesus? Who says you can't heal your child of that sickness? No, no, no. Listen to me here, friends. If miracles can occur under a covered, a covered glory in the Old Testament, how much more miracles will run with God make through you who now live in the unveiling of the glorious covenant Abraham was not united with Christ because he never saw the incarnated son David was never united with Jesus Christ because he only heard of the coming of the incarnated son but we are united with Christ we have heard of his reason we heard of his death we heard of his resurrection and we've heard of his reasoning and we believe what makes you think you can perform greater miracles Oh, I've had various testimonies by just praying to people via, via our, our media platform. Just last week, Monday, someone got healed of a back pain and I got the testimony. I've had healings of eyesight being cleared via our platform. Phenomenal testimonies. People who had blurry sight cleared overnight. Glory to God. That's the God that we have. It's not by our power. It's not by our strength. It's not by how well we pray or how well we don't pray. It's by how much we believe in Jesus by faith. Our belief in Jesus sets us free. Our belief in Jesus expands our capacity to perform the supernatural. Because the Holy Spirit is there. Glorious God. Hallelujah. Another beautiful, exciting sermon that God has brought to everyone here today. I'm so excited that God has used us to fulfill this mission. It's so beautiful. The Holy Spirit is in you. All the miracles you saw in the Old Testament were done by the power of the Holy Spirit under a tabernacle uh, covenant. But now the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It dwells in you. He lives supernaturally in you. You can wrought great wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the glory you are in now is greater than the former. Glory to God. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our assurance of the greater glory. In him we live and move and have our being. It's not by how perfect you are or how imperfect you are. It's by whom you stand upon. If you stand upon Christ, you can perform the same miracles that you read about in the Old Testament. If you believe in Jesus, you can perform the same miracles that you read about in the Old Testament. It's all about you yielding your spirit man to the inner manifestation of the Spirit of God. Let me tell you something. The Spirit of God has no gestation period. The Spirit of God has no growth period. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has no age. So the Spirit of God you have, it's God's Spirit in you in its full measure. 
<laughs> the spirit of God that you have in you is God's spirit in its full measure. The reason why you are not experiencing the supernatural or why you are not manifesting the fullness of the supernatural in you is because the connecting factor, your mind, is yet to yield itself to the, to the, to the lordship of the spirit. Your spirit man is yet to yield its consciousness to the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. The more your spirit man or your mind yield itself to the Holy Spirit, the more supernatural wonders you will see manifest in your life. The reason why great pastors perform great miracles and you probably can't heal yourself of simple headache is because you've not yielded yourself enough to the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Do you believe in the Holy Ghost in you? That is the power that makes everything complete. That is the power that makes your glory greater than the glory of David. That is the power that makes your glory greater than the glory of Samson. That is the power that makes your glory greater than the glory of Noah. That is the power of God that makes your glory greater than the glory of David, of Jacob, of Daniel, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It is the Holy Spirit in you that makes your glory greater than theirs. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What an amazing time in God's presence this beautiful morning. Oh, I love when God gives us his word afresh at every given time. Last week's Sunday was phenomenal. We thought we had had enough, but this Sunday God has brought a fresh word. Oh, how glorious it is to know that our glory is greater than the former and it's not by our strength, nor our power, by our power, not by our doings, but by Jesus in whom we reside, in whom we dwell, in whom we live in and move and have our being in glory to God hallelujah praise God I'm so excited my spirit man is elevated after this service just go ahead and worship God for this free gift of access the free gift of access that is my sermon next week upper week rather the free gift of access next week I have a beautiful sermon my sermon upper week is called the free gift of access oh it's gonna blow your mind it's going to blow your mind. Thank you so much for connecting with me via this platform. Before I leave, I want to pray for you all listening to me via this TV platform and the radio platform. I want to pray for every single one of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you help them understand the fullness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. Lord, I ask that you open the eyes of their understanding to the realities of the greater, greater glory that you have positioned, positioned them in, in Christ Jesus. Lord, help everyone listening to me here understand and ascertain the power of the Holy Spirit that is resident in them, in Jesus' name. Let every single one of them walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let them enjoy the manifestation of the supernatural. Let the supernatural dwell abundantly and have full workings, any workings in them, in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for all these in Jesus' name, that their life will never be the same. To everyone listening to me, I pray that everyone going through sickness, they are healed right now in Jesus' name. Everyone going through pain, everyone going through lack of job, financial issues, their problems are being solved supernaturally today in the name of Jesus. I believe God on your behalf that healing shall be yours in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for connecting with me via this platform. I'm always excited to come to your homes every Sunday morning. Today is also another beautiful time in God's presence. I've got uh, an announcement for you guys. Next Next week Sunday, I will be hosting a beautiful documentary sermon captioned The Gospel Money. It's captioned Gospel Money. It's a documentary sermon on the gospel and money. We are not unmindful of the fact that we are in times where money literally comes after salvation. Where the discourse of money is next to 
to our salvation we're in those times so it's very important that we discuss about money as believers as a matter of fact money was mentioned over five over 800 times in the bible that's to show how important it is so we cannot in any way get um, too unmindful of the fact that the discourse on money is very important what should be the perspective of a believer towards money is to is money bad is money good should it be trash should it be the truth we're going to discuss that next week it's a documentary sermon and to be a whole lot of expository teaching for you guys so join me next week sunday by 10 a.m invite your friends invite your families subscribe to our youtube channel it's going to be an it's going to be an impactful teaching time next week next week sunday thank you so much for joining me on the uh, joining me via the rave city online church i'm so excited to bring the message to you once again until i see you again next week sunday morning have a beautiful and blissful week the nature and the character of our God. So let's sing it together, amen.
Thank you for joining Rave City Church Online for this week's Sunday worship experience. We're so glad to be part of your life today. We would love to hear how the message of God's love has blessed your life. Send us a DM at Rave City Church via all our social media platform. Join us again next week Sunday at 10 a.m. for another amazing time in God's presence.